This is recording number 10814 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Vallejo, California. This is the 14th message in the Outpouring series by Randy Bolt. It was recorded on Sunday morning, May 3, 2009. This message is titled, Vision. see in the book of Acts is primitive Christianity. And I mean that uh, in the best way. Um, Of course, there were rough edges and things that would be refined and a maturation process that the church would go through. But there's also something of of raw uh, uh, power and um, the the moving of God in ways that were direct and confrontational and wonderful and marvelous, miraculous, that we want to uh, see more of in our own lives. So anyway, um, we're, I've asked you to turn to Acts chapter 16 because we're going to pick it up there. And as you remember, the last time we were together, two weeks ago, Paul and Barnabas had just completed the first of what will be several missionary journeys that have t- taken them, that took them, excuse me, to uh, parts of the uh, Gentile world where the gospel had not penetrated. When I mean when I say gospel, I mean the good news of Jesus Christ. So they had just returned from that. Now some things have happened in the in between time. A major event took place. Uh, where a, a dispute about doctrine was settled uh, in the, by the leaders in the church, church in Jerusalem, particularly James, the brother of Jesus, who has become um, kind of the, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. But there was a dispute because the, uh, the uh, Pharisees, uh, who had become believers in Jesus, Jewish Men who, uh, spiritual leaders, religious leaders in the Jewish faith who had become believers in Jesus of the Pharisaic sect uh, were having a really hard time with the fact that Gentiles were becoming saved. Gentiles being people who were not Jews. That they were, uh, you know, they just didn't, that just was so hard for them to accept. And they wanted these converts uh, that Paul and Barnabas were seeing uh, come to know Christ from the Gentile world. They wanted to enforce upon them the rules of the Mosaic law. They wanted them to be circumcised and yikes, all of that. And uh, so anyway, there was this dispute that uh, erupted and, uh, and it was resolved in a, in a profound and, and wonderful way. And, the, uh, and I, won't, I won't go there because uh, it's an important thing, but it's, it's uh, sort of incidental to our theme uh, that we are pursuing through the book of Acts. So that takes place. And now Paul and Barnabas and a couple of other leaders from the church in Jerusalem are back up in Antioch in Syria and uh, they're getting ready to depart on, a, on a, uh, a new missionary journey. So let's just take a look briefly at um, where they, uh, the kind of the geography of this journey. They start again up in Antioch of Syria. 
where uh, the gravity uh, or the gravitational center of the ch- Christian church has moved to from Jerusalem and, and the outreach to the world is beginning to really take place from that location where Paul and Barnabas and, and others are. And so they uh, make their way back through some of the territory uh, that they uh, traveled to in their, der- over the first missionary journey. This time Paul is not traveling with Barnabas. Excuse me. He's traveling with a man named um, uh, Silas. And uh, so they go through an area called uh, Syria and Cilicia. And they end up back uh, in Derbe and, and in Lystra. And that's where we open up in chapter 16, verse 1. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. For they all knew that his father was Greek. So as a way of kind of dispelling any future controversy that might arise. Paul wants to have this man Timothy join. This young man Timothy join the team. And uh, so he has him circumcised just to make sure that there isn't any anything that distracts from the gospel. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, when they had gone through uh, Phrygia uh, in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, I want you to, to see that at this point, you can see the map there. At this point, Paul, is at, he has gone back through all the territory that he traveled, uh, or most of the territory that he had traveled through uh, on his first journey, and he's visited the prominent churches that he had established. Now, from this point on, he's going to be moving beyond. He's going to be moving into new territory. So he's come to a transition point. Do you guys know what it is to reach a transition point? Have you ever had one of those? Everybody's shaking your head because you know. I hate to tell you this, but life is episodic. We want life to be one long episode where everything stays the same. But it is not. It's not. And that means change. And none of us like change. Unless it's change we view in the rearview mirror. But life is episodic. And when I say episodic, I mean like episodes, you know, like your television series episodes. You finish one, you start another. And those transition points between one that you know and love (laughs) and one that you have no idea what's coming, those transition points are very, very difficult. They always are. Because we're comfortable with what we know. And not so much about what we're uncertain of. And Paul is at a transition point here. And so he tries to go to uh, Asia, 
but he's forbidden by the Holy Spirit. And that's an odd thing. We don't know how that was communicated to him, but the Holy Spirit in some fashion said, no, not here. Okay. Verse 7. After that, he came to Mysia, and they tried to go up into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. No, not here. That's a long honking way (laughs) to travel and have the Holy Spirit say, ah, not here. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And you'll see they've come really to the end of the road. The Aegean Sea is right there. They can't really go any farther. The Holy Spirit, as it were, has kind of squeezed them to a point where they, they feel like, I mean, it, it may have seemed to them, I'm reading between the lines, it may have seemed to Paul, Silas, and Timothy that they were out of options. Now, certainly, they, they could have arranged for, uh, to get in a boat and travel somewhere. But they, the Holy Spirit has been confining them in a way to a spot where it, it may have seemed to them a little uncomfortable. Now, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here because that's what happens in my life often when I'm coming to a transition point. It starts to feel uncomfortable. Doors close and things that I were, was used to uh, don't feel so comfortable anymore. And it seems like my options are getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Have you ever felt that? You want to just, you feel like you want to just break out. But you don't know what to do or where to go or how to do it. And Paul, I believe, is at a similar place here. He's... He's gone as far as he can go and every attempt that he's made to try to find where the next episode is, those doors have been closed. So we'll pick it up at um, verse 9. We don't know how long Paul was uh, there in Troas. I have no idea. But verse uh, 8 says, or verse 9 says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So in the night, during this period of time, however long it was, that Paul was there in Troas, parked on the edge of the Aegean Sea. He has this vision in the night. Simply a picture of a man, a Macedonian man, saying, Come on over and help us. And that's it. All right. Uh, Verse 10, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace. So they crossed the Aegean Sea. And the next day, come to Neapolis. They are in Europe now. Therefore, uh, excuse me. Um, and verse 12 and from there to Philippi which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia a colony and we were staying in that city for some days and on the Sabbath day we went out to the city out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made and we sat down and spoke to the women who were there 
Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her husband were baptized, she begged us saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. They have the first, we have here the first European converts to Christ. Now, it may not be obvious to you, but I am of European uh, descent. I would not be here today had Paul not stepped over the boundary into a new episode. So I want to talk to you today about vision. Because as we make our way through this book, the book of Acts, one of the ingredients that we see, um, uh, that clearly see, propelling the church forward and these, these primitive believers forward was a sense of vision. And when I, when I use that term, I don't mean that their eyes are rolled back in their heads and they're just kind of, you know, uh, spacing out all the time. I mean that they were in touch with God who was giving them a sense of what was to come and they were propelled and compelled by that sense of vision. They were not satisfied with the status quo. They had their eyes on the spiritual horizon and were willing to step forward into new episodes. And so I wanna, let's just talk about vision because I, I want lots more of that in my life. And I believe that you do too. The Bible in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. That's from the New King James Version. Where there is no revelation, excuse me, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That word revelation, you'll see, is interchangeable with vision. And it says that when people are living their lives without a sense of vision, it's like they've come unhooked from their mooring. They're like a boat that's gotten loose from their anchor and they're just floating with the tide. Have you ever felt like that, just sort of reacting to life? And it seems that the circumstances and challenges of life, other people's agenda begin to move you along instead of God. And you find yourself making decisions not based on a sense of purpose and a vision and of calling, but on the basis of... You know, what seems right to you or what seems right to someone else or what seems as though there is no other choice but the one you're forced to make. The Bible says that when there isn't any revelation, people uh, cast off restraint. The New King, or excuse me, the King James Version puts it this way, where there is no vision, the people perish. They perish. Have you ever found yourself just trudging through life almost like a dead man or woman? I don't mean to be uh, morbid, but sometimes it feels like I, I, I'm the only one in the room, all right? I'm the only one in the room for whom this is true. But there are sometimes when it seems to me like I'm a, I'm a walking corpse because I ha- I'm just going through the motions. Yes, I'm breathing, but I'm just doing my stuff. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing the stuff of life, but not feeling like I'm advancing with any purpose. And the Bible says where there's no vision, that's all you're left with. That's all you're left with. Now, when it comes to vision, there are three things 
I want you to take note of this morning. First of all, you will have no vision if you don't desire it. Now, if you want that life of just sort of bobbing in the surf with wherever the, the tide leads you, okay. But if you want to have a life that's propelled, compelled, with purpose, full of, of meaning, desire it. Make it your desire. God, I want to be a person whose life is propelled by vision. And that means at least these three things. You're going to need to make sure that you don't manufacture a vision. And that's what you'll be tempted to do. When you come to that transition point from one episode to another and it seems as though you've been squeezed down to a very tight place and it's uncomfortable but you you don't know how you don't know what to step into and in some ways you may be afraid to step into it you can be tempted to manufacture a vision and what I mean by that is put words in God's mouth yikes I have done that so many times Be careful. Don't manufacture a vision. And don't borrow one either. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but some of you have, you know what I'm talking about when you you tried to borrow someone else's vision. It doesn't quite (laughs) work out too well. Wait, wait for one. Uh, I'll tell you quickly a story that is relevant because it's what brought us here to Crossroads. We were pastoring a church in San Jose and uh, felt like the Lord was beginning to bring us to the end of one episode. I don't know how to explain it very well. It's so subjective, but we just felt like our time there was coming to an end. It seemed to feel kind of uh, tight, you know, it seemed like the Lord was squeezing us into a place and, and the only option was to step into something new, but we didn't know what that was. And boy, the temptation to manufacture a vision, the temptation to borrow someone else's vision was very great. But thank God, and this time, we did the right thing and simply waited. We resigned from that church and just waited. Okay, God, lead us into the next episode. We didn't know that that waiting period was going to be a year. But I am so grateful that we didn't push or rush or try to create something that God wasn't doing. Because then when, when the option or the door began to open for us to be part of this church family, we could say yes. So, desire vision. Also, don't miss it because it won't be when you expect it. You know, vision is not on demand, unlike some television shows. It's not, God, I need a vision and I need it now. Eh, It doesn't work that way. As much as we would like it, it doesn't work that way. It won't be when you expect it. It won't be what you expect either. Guaranteed. And it won't be specific enough. Dang. Can you say that in church? I don't know. I wish 
that God could be more specific with me. You know what? And sometimes we get the impression, we, get the, we allow ourselves to uh, have the impression that God is withholding information from us just to kind of mess with us. <laughs> and that's not the case. But you can imagine, well, maybe you can't, but I, I've lived long enough now that I can imagine, because I've, I've lived through it, that it's almost impossible for God to give us much information about our future. For several reasons, one of which is that we, once we get a glimpse of where he's taking us, we will plot the course. And the route is what it's all about. It's not the destination. The route is, all about and we, uh, is what it's all about, and we need to let God plot that course. Uh, there are other reasons too, much of which is based on the fact we give ourselves far too much credit for being able to understand what God might be up to. So it's never going to be specific enough. A man from Macedonia says, come on over. It turns out to be a woman. <laughs> it's never going to be specific enough, but it will be, it'll be what you need to take that uh, one step. And I'm getting ahead of myself. The third thing that has to do with vision. So desire. If you want to be a person who lives according to uh, vision, desire it, don't miss it, and finally act on it. As soon as Paul uh, had this vision, Luke records, we immediately set sail. We didn't wait around. We didn't uh, second guess we took action. Don't delay. Don't delay. But only take one step at a time. I walked you through on that uh, uh, map the fact that when they crossed, um, the first step was to get across the Aegean Sea. When they landed at Samothrace, they went on to Neapolis. When, when, from there, they, they, they took one step at a time. And often when we venture into a new episode of life, we, we want to know, we want God to, to give us the ultimate def- destination. And as I've already said, we want to plot the shortest course we think will get us there. And so we want to move too fast. The journey is what it's all about. So be, don't either, don't do one of these two things. Don't either try to jump ahead of God and rush things. And don't be afraid to move forward because you don't know where you're going to end up. Just take the next step. And then the one that's after that. And then the one that's after that. You understand what I mean? Take one step at a time. And then finally be responsive. And that brings me back to the, to the uh, man from Macedonia that Paul saw in the vision. It turned out to be a woman. Be responsive. And what I mean by that is um, be sensitive to the, to the working of the Holy Spirit in the moment. Paul could have missed the first European con- convert by looking for a man. Maybe the man he saw in his vision. But instead of doing that, he paid attention to what God was presenting to him in the moment. So... Desire it, don't miss it, act on it. I believe that there are a number of us in the room today who 
are at a transition point. You may not want to admit it, but God has brought you to a place where doors have closed. You've tried to do this, and, and for one reason or another, the doors closed. You tried to do that. No, not that. And it's beginning to feel like maybe you're running out of options. You're, you're coming to the end of the road, and you don't know where to go from where you are. And it feels uncomfortable, uncertain, stressful maybe. But I believe that God is asking some of you today to welcome fresh vision. A glimpse of what's beyond the point where you are right now. It, it won't be what you expect and it won't nearly be specific enough, but if you'll let him, God will give you a sense of purpose and peace about what's next. And then, take the next step. <laughs> 